0: I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design. This episode features one of my favorite new designers, Jules Wilson. She's not a new designer, but she's new to me. Uh, Jules is the president of her eponymous San Diego design firm, and like many of the designers and architects that I've spoken with over the years, she knew early on that this was something she was supposed to be doing. Growing up in Rockford, Illinois, she began dreaming of what she wanted her world to look like, right? Don't we all? It it started with Legos, like it does for many of us, and it it took her out of Illinois uh, and to Italy to learn how classic cities were built. She subscribes to Picasso's idea that modern design philosophy begins with a basis in history right? This is something you've, you've heard on the show before. As I write this, I can recall hearing that same idea from a few of the more successful creators I've spoken with. So there's got to be something to it. Jules Wilson and her design studio are crafting some of the most extraordinary California-inspired design you will find anywhere. This is not to typecast or rather stylecast her work. Those are my words. As I as I study her firm's work, and I, I encourage you to look at the work for yourself, you see residential, commercial, multifamily, retail, and it's all different, but with some universal consistencies, use of varied materials and, and products that all seem to have been coordinated to their environments, from the foothills of Tempe, Arizona, to the North Shore of Hawaii, or the high-rise apartment in, in Atlanta, Georgia. The products, the materials, the use of space, the use of color, it all is unique and individual. And it—and I guess this is why I style cast it this way is because for me, it gives me that feeling of true California design. And perhaps someone who's in Atlanta sees it and says, oh, yeah, that's uniquely Georgia. I don't know. But for me, it's California design inspired and I love it. And I think you will, too. You wouldn't know this from her work, but she would rather be working in Rome or Milan, which I find fascinating. For someone at the top of her game, truly a master of the modern aesthetic within multiple subsettings, living and working in San Diego, California, one of the most beautiful locations in the world, to long for living and working somewhere else, it's crazy to me. Um, but isn't, isn't that what truly motivates us all to do our best work? Um, it keeps us motivated. I would say that anyone who is truly and completely satisfied in their current setting is, uh, is not really challenging themselves to their, to reach their, their full potential. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Um, and I'm not trying to get too philosophical here, but I do believe there is, there is some truth to that. That is also what makes this conversation so fascinating. And I hope you agree and I hope you enjoy it. This is Jules Wilson. <laughs> Convo by Design is presented by Snyder Diamond, our sponsor, known in Southern California for providing amazing service and world-class products, like those from Sub-Zero, Wolf and Cove. Here you have a company that is laser-focused on helping homeowners be their very best in the kitchen with refrigeration that provides proper food preservation, ovens and ranges that provide precision in food preparation, and Cove dishwashers that can handle any mess. Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove appliances are stunning to look at, in too many sizes and styles to list here, but it's also what's on the inside. The tech inside these appliances has been tested, crafted, and worked to razor-sharp precision, allowing for exactly what your clients want, precise and predictable results in the kitchen. That's what you get with Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove, and you will find the full line of each At all three Southern California Snyder Diamond locations, you can also see the newly designed living kitchen in the Santa Monica and Pasadena showrooms. No, listen, I I always start off, I generally start off in the same place. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, tell me how you got here. Yeah. Because what I'm fascinated by, Mm -hmm. I I love design and architecture. Yeah. I started doing this because I love design and architecture. Yes. And. What's really interesting to me mm-hmm. is how everyone finds their way yeah. to where they're supposed yeah. to be. Yeah. That, I think, is where the magic in the industry is. Uh-huh. Because if, you know, if Frank Lloyd Wright decided he was supposed to be a musician, yeah, like he was supposed to be a musician or a teacher mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. an accountant, yeah. then we wouldn't have that.
1: Yeah. If, okay.
0: You know what I mean? And so I'm curious. When did you know this is the direction you wanted to go?
1: Yeah. Okay. Are you asking me now? Oh,
0: yeah. We've been rolling for, like, five minutes. Oh, my
1: gosh. I'm so sorry. Okay, so to answer your question, um, I... I, I, By the
0: way, I love that. And I don't edit any of this either, so this is my favorite part. This is
1: fantastic. Okay. All right, we're going, everyone, just in case people out there weren't aware. Um, I loved, um, as a child... um, in my playroom I had a lot of Lego sets it's actually a little bit of a funny story and at my parents house we had a pool and we did not have a hot tub that went with the pool and for some reason as a child this was Very confusing for me. And so I mixed all my Lego sets together and I would lay out these big houses that had little bridges. And of course, every room would have a hot tub in it. So
0: wait, put this in context. What city are we talking about?
1: We are talking about Rockford, Illinois. Okay. Which is, um, I had a very green pasture childhood, but it wasn't very stimulating from a design point of view. I'm I'm
0: trying to figure out why every house should have a hot tub attached to the pool.
1: Well that's unclear to me now
0: got it so, sorry sorry yes totally get it okay so okay oh i totally but that get it All right.
1: started the idea of dreaming about spaces and dreaming about what should be in a space okay
0: so every room had a hot tub
1: and my lego sets yes no i get, I get it i
0: get it i'm just saying yes. i'm 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 putting myself back in the space, so yeah. every every Lego room this has l- a Lego hot tub. Yeah, exactly.
1: Okay. Logic of a child. And somewhere from there, it incubated, you know, what else could be in the room? What else could the house look like? What other features might make it cool and fun and exciting? You could have
0: been like a Las Vegas designer, at that, a Las I Vegas know. hotel designer at that I point. I know.
1: Darn, I should <laughs> adjust my calling, right?
0: <laughs> no, I think that, you know, the, that time is, I don't think they're doing that anymore.
1: Yeah, probably you're right. Okay, go ahead. Well, now because I think it's weird. but um, So, you know, that um, turned into go, um, a lot of arguing with my parents. I went to design school in San Diego was where we settled on. Um, I had a reasonable education but wanted more culture. Um, so from there I moved to Florence, Italy, and I um, got to study whatever I wanted to. So at the time it was um, industrial design. Uh, classical art and architecture. I wanted to understand how we built cities back then and how daily lives were back then. I kind of come from the Pablo Picasso philosophy that great modernists know history and come from history and have that sort of classical training. So that was the, the route that I take took. And then uh, when I got back to San Diego, I um, started in High-end residential and hospitality, worked side-by-side with a seasoned veteran um, of San Diego who was once big and became small, but I learned a lot. Uh, And I worked for a design-build contractor uh, and learned a lot about construction and an empathy towards building things and put those skills together to open uh, my own firm 14 years ago.
0: Italy. Yes to San Diego, the architecture capital of the world. <laughs> you at, at that point, was the, was the goal to go and build it, or why, why back to San Diego?
1: I have a romantic idea about San Diego, that it has this beautiful topography Everybody's happy in San Diego. Everybody's nice in San Diego. Um, I love LA, um, but we don't have the entertainment industry. We don't have the traffic congestion. And so I thought it could be fun to try and be a pioneer of San Diego.
0: Well, those weren't weren't your only two options.
1: No, they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, point. <laughs> There's a whole other part, all the no, other parts of the globe. Here's what I'm trying to imagine. Okay
0: coming from Illinois yes okay coming to San Diego going to school mm-hmm. going to Italy yes completely immersive yes you are surrounded mm-hmm. there are no tracked homes there is no you know I mean you're completely immersed in art and architecture and design yeah. when you make the choice to come back and start and I want to get into the early work uh-huh. and then the hanging the of your own shingle. Okay. What's the goal? What are you thinking about? Are you thinking about transforming San Diego or are you thinking about adding to it?
1: Good, good question. Um, well, I should I should fill you in that when I talked my parents into sending me to Italy, it was with the condition that I would come back. So Got it. Otherwise, this probably we would probably not be here today (laughs) see
0: that was an important detail
1: that was an important detail i apologize for leaving that out
0: no because so here's 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 what i imagine
1: uh-huh you
0: you have you had certain ideas early on about Uh the type of practice that you wanted to build and the the type of design that you wanted to be around
1: Mm -hmm.
0: when you go to when you go someplace like italy and you how long were you there for a year okay that's 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 an investment Mm-hmm. In time, money, and experience, and, and it's immersive, right? You're you're completely in yeah, it for a whole year. Yeah, I went year. by
1: myself. I learned the language before I went. All yeah, so it's then, immersive.
0: So then, the things you learn and the things that were of interest to you, you now have a have an opportunity when you come back. Mm-hmm. Now it's about putting it to practice, right? And I, I I I've kind of identified that as one of those moments in life, career life mm-hmm. in particular where it's like, okay, here's, now I know what I want to do. Correct. It may not, I know I may not know exactly how I want to do it. Yes. But I know what I want to do, and here's where I'm going to do it. Yes. San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I'm not knocking San Diego. Right. Because I get what of course you're, not. <laughs> I, no, 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 I'm not. Yeah. I get what you're saying.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
0: totally, I totally understand it. Yeah. N- not, no, because, because of, because of the, the, um, because of the demography.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because of who lives there. And because yeah. it's a heavy military community. Because
1: it's just never <laughs> used to be. But yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But it, it never it never was uh, it never was considered a hotbed for, for design and architecture. Absolutely. It's it's changed a lot now. It right. really has. But yeah. in, in the past not so much.
1: Absolutely. I think that one thing that living in Italy taught me is Um, First of all, it taught me to enjoy being myself, which was a really nice thing to learn um, in your young 20s. Um, But I would say that I feel that lifestyle is one of the greatest gifts that design can offer. And I feel like there's something about the atmosphere of San Diego, although it's not as forward certainly is here or New York or many other places, there's something that's special about San Diego, and I was hoping that, and I still am sort of on this mission, to kind of bring what I see as magical to San Diego and combine it with design, because the sad thing about the culture there, or at least historically, is I don't think people really appreciated design or understood design, or why do I spend money on design? or not spend money on design. You don't necessarily have to. And um, fortunately, that's changing a lot now. Sadly, um, quite frankly, most of our work is not in San Diego. So even though I came there to be a designer and and, and be part of this uh, gentrification or pioneering, if you will, a lot of my efforts have been elsewhere in the country. I'm hoping to be pulling that back into San Diego and returning back to San Diego with more experience and more knowledge. Um, was
0: that the goal to 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 change the the design climate, the design community to change what was there into something else? And if so, what was that? What did you envision it being like little yeah. Little Italy?
1: <laughs> Maybe. I mean, yeah, definitely that was the goal, I think, to answer your question. Um, and I think it was an opportunity to find um, a language to find a spirit unto itself, an identity unto itself and I think it is starting to do that now and I think at some point we will look back um, at San Diego and see that incubation that is happening now and is not I don't see it going backwards from here. I think it's only going to go forwards from here so. Arguably, it's an exciting time to be there.
0: You mentioned that most of your work is now outside of that area. Mm -hmm. Where where do you find yourself doing the most work?
1: Um, We are doing a really exciting big project in Nashville right now, Um, a couple projects in the Silicon Valley area, Hawaii, Um, we've done a fair amount of work in Arizona. San Francisco. We're starting a new project. Um, And we do do work in San Diego. We just um, finished uh, the Fit Plunge project at Belmont Park in Mission Beach, which is a, you know, $30 million fitness facility at the historic plunge pool. We got to do the schematic architecture there. We built a building out of aluminum, uh, which was very exciting. Structural steel, we learned, has a lifespan of 20 years on the beach. And so we had to rethink how to build the building. So that was really fun. Um, So we do do work in San Diego. We've done a lot of work downtown. Um, We're doing a new uh, high-rise downtown, um, one in Bankers Hill, some residential projects. So we are there. Um, But percentage-wise, we're maybe in the 25 30% of our works in San Diego
0: interesting so back me up a little bit when when you got back to San Diego Mm -hmm. did you get mentorship from someone else did you work in another firm how did how did you how did you get from there to here
1: I worked um, I worked for three years for um, this woman that I was describing earlier who did high-end residential and hospitality so I learned a lot about detailing and putting drawings together and walking job sites. Um, From there, I did um, commercial design, kind of a variety of projects, mainly kind of high end offices and got through building departments and turning projects around. Um, And I just really feel like I couldn't find a design firm or an architecture firm that I wanted to work for. And I was very motivated at the time. So I started generating my own clients um, within a firm. uh, And so it was fairly easy for me to go on my own without stealing any clients or, you know, anything sort of unethical like that. But I could kind of just naturally progress into my own studio.
0: Do me a favor. Back up a second. Okay. And explain the process of doing that because it's a really good point and Mm -hmm. it's something that... So when someone wants to, to go off on their own, mm-hmm. you have two options, Yes. right? You go out cold, you hang a shingle. You come in, you work for someone else, and you do it for a number of years, and then ultimately you decide to go off on your own, but not, you can't take those clients with you. Right. You have to go off and do it on your own. Explain to me the, how one creates, because it's fascinating, and I haven't really heard that work successfully okay. that often. How, yeah. did, how did you make that work?
1: Yeah. Um, okay, so two parts. So I was working at this commercial firm, and I had had a history doing high-end residential. So we um, did one of the early multifamily housing projects downtown in San Diego that was very nice, but it was a, a lofts-type building. And so all of these lofts needed um millwork closets lighting furnishings and my employer didn't want to do residential design and so i said to her well if i can get us work you know designing these lofts can i bring it in and she said sure probably not thinking i would actually do it so in a very you know i kind of laugh now but in a semi-cheesy way i Made these little flyers and I went down to the sales office on my own, you know, on a Saturday. No one was paying me or anything. And I just, you know, stood there, oh, you just bought a loft here? Well, I can design it and, you know, make it great and all of this. And so I, you know, secured quite a lot of um, work doing that at that time and was able to generate some momentum that came through my phone and my efforts. Secondarily, um, I was lucky that there was a developer um, very prominent in San Diego who came and saw the project and asked to meet with the designer who worked on the project. So I go and meet with this guy and um, my former boss, um, she didn't really care to do his type of projects and didn't really care for him personally, and so I again said, "Well, if I work with him, is it okay?" And um, she said, "Sure." And so him and I hit it off famously. We still work together today. He's a, a great mentor, friend, and you know means uh, the world to me. And um, so about a year and a half later, I think I just had a bad day. at the office, and I thought, okay, I'm about to sign a bunch of contracts, you know, that I'm bringing in. I'm not going to see any compensation for this. Um, What's the point? I want to create a place where I want to work. That's the culture, the environment, the spirit, the design thinking that I want. So um, I called him up and said, I'm going to go on my own. Are you okay with this? And he says, yes. I asked my boss. She said, that's fine. And so he did come with me and, and some of the other residential clients.
0: What's the question? Hey, can I quit and go hang my own shingle and do my own thing when you're asking your current boss, if you can, if you can leave? I, I love that story Mm -hmm. because it shows a couple of things all too often. I think, I think the art artistry and mentorship is lost. Yeah. I don't think, I think, when young designers go work somewhere they're they've always got their eye on the door. Mm-hmm. Now it's kind of like, not always, always is always or never are two things we probably shouldn't.
1: Depends on the person. But yeah. yes.
0: But usually, you know, it's like eye on the door always. What's next? What's next? What's next? Of course. But there's such value in learning what you like and what you don't like right. and well. want in your own firm. So, but the other part about recognizing an opportunity mm-hmm. when it presents itself. So you've got buildings just make it a flyer, going down there, handing it a flyer saying, Hey, you just bought one, I can help you design it. Yeah. It seems like it seems like a natural idea, but obviously nobody else was doing it.
1: Yeah, I mean it's kind of a cheap and cheesy idea. Is but it worked. I don't know. I mean, kind of maybe. And well I mean now today it's like, oh my Instagram account, my followers and like, you know, this I mean now that's I don't know. I mean that's a whole nother story. But you know, this is you know, this is fifteen, sixteen years ago now. Okay, so, so it's I a get, different thing. I get that, mm-hmm. but
0: you know what's not different? What? The way that you viewed marketing
1: mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah.
0: So now, you know, cut, cut to <laughs> well, cut to now. I'm sure you do things differently
1: mm-hmm.
0: now, but the idea of always having your head on a swivel and looking for the opportunity right is still there. Do you Do you still feel that way?
1: I do. I would definitely say that. I always have ideas in the back of my mind of where I want to go next or what I want to do next. And there's probably three to five or six ideas brewing at one time. And then when I see that opportunity kind of swing in my purview, if you will, then you know, I go shoot my arrow towards it and hope I get, hope I hit the target.
0: So working on so many projects mm-hmm. outside of town, interesting yeah um not necessarily unique but every creative i've spoken to architects and designers who who do that yeah. all have a different process how often they're they're on the job site their contracts have to be different right? because how many days are i'm i in town how many days am i on the job site mm-hmm. how many days are we having meetings or how many days are we on the right, phone yeah. or how do you handle that
1: um uh, well fortunately with technology today it's pretty easy we do a lot of um, design presentations over you know go to meeting we use um, Bluebeam as a format so we can kind of mark up and draw in real time with the clients Um, to answer your question it's really client based some clients want to meet in person they want to sit at a table they want me at the job site Other clients, you know, they may not even be there. They may be off somewhere else and maybe there's an architect off somewhere else. So I feel like it's very common today that, um, you know, I'm not working necessarily with people that are certainly all in San Diego. So um, to work on a project where everyone is in San Diego is extremely rare for us. So I don't know, I guess...
0: In all the cities in which you're working, uh, sort of give me a vibe for each city. Do you have a favorite?
1: Golly. Um. Like
0: right now, (laughs) Nashville's on fire. Nashville's on fire. It it really is. Yeah. I mean, Nashville, Memphis, Austin still.
1: Yes. Just amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. I don't think I have a lot of passion towards any cities in, San- in, um, in the US that I really feel like I love it. I think my heart goes back to Italy, to be honest. Um, you know, I think I would love to be a designer working in Rome or Milan, if I really could call it. Um, I do really love San Francisco quite a lot. Um, and I love Miami a lot, so those are probably my two favorite cities in the U.S., outside of San Diego. <laughs> what I would say about San Diego for, for the naysayers is that as l- we have an airport that's super convenient. I flew here today from San Diego because no one in San Diego likes to drive. Um, but if you can get out often, it feels good to come home there.
0: Yeah, who's naysaying? I don't know anybody who na- who's naysaying San Diego. They, I I love San Diego because the Gaslight District, Petco, uh-huh. um, you know Coronado, yeah. just the whole the whole vibe, the yeah. whole feel for the area. Uh-huh. It's fantastic. It's just not it's not a city that is known as an architecturally significant city that doesn't mean that doesn't mean hundred
1: percent i mean i think that there is some good architecture going on but at large the architecture is what disappoints me the most in san diego just historically the lack thereof i mean you know does it have as you know great a food as la no but you can go have good food and there are good restaurants and there is great design there and there are really great fantastic sophisticated cultured people there um, I just think it's um, not as large of a scale as you might find in other areas but and it's I, there
0: and I think that San Diego is an interesting city too When you and it's funny how it becomes a conversation about the city but I think it's important because cities have so much, the type of cities they are have so much to do mm-hmm. with the people who live there right you know a city a city like la yeah. started out as as completely transient you know people would come here and mm-hmm. sit for a bit while and they figured while they figured out their next move
1: yeah
0: you know and the yeah. next move they were they were out miami very much right. the same way
1: absolutely
0: san diego mm-hmm. sort of grew up as a military border town
1: absolutely yes. and
0: and that's sort of the vibe
1: mm-hmm. that was
0: established yeah. feels like it's changing la is changing dramatically mm-hmm. um it's interesting though, because when you're talking about architecture, you're talking about generational yes. decisions, not necessarily, you know, I'm going to be here for five years, 10 years, right. three years, whatever right. it happens to be. So it's, it's kind of a, an, intre- the investment in the, in the architectural infrastructure
1: mm-hmm.
0: wasn't necessarily put in there, but I think it's interesting yeah. because it's, it's definitely got, there's a spot in your heart for, for San Diego.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, there is, there definitely is.
0: So, you could design anywhere you want in the world. It would be Italy.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I think I just, I like the culture. I like the food. I just remember the first time that I visited there, um, I think when I was 20, I just felt I think having grown up in Illinois, I never felt like it was me, you know. And even being in San Diego, I don't feel sometimes like it's really me, me. But when I'm there, I just feel that this this is this is where I feel comfortable. This is where I feel like myself. Um, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I just so in the know. last
0: in the last 15 years,
1: mm-hmm.
0: how have you changed? as a designer. How has the work changed for you?
1: Yeah, Um, well, hopefully I'm smarter. (laughs) Hopefully I do better work. Um, What, What does that mean? Well, I mean, I think that there's always challenges in design because we're not building anything. We design it, somebody else builds it, right? And so I think the capacity to envision things uh, better to, to be more aware in design, what challenges you might be facing, what code issues you might be s- facing, how the end user is going to respond well or not respond well to certain things, durability, maintenance, all those um, lessons you learned along the way, I think, bring bring to it. and. Um, hopefully you know we're lucky that we have a lot of clients that have been with us a long time Uh, I think we have good client relations and so you can build more trust and um, build ideas together so we have uh, you know a lot of the projects we work on take a long time to build because um, we're building buildings from the beginning in most cases we don't do many TI projects but um, Sorry, I kind of lost my, my train of thought. But I, I'm really excited about the work that we're doing now. And I think the years that we've had and um, all of this, I'm excited for the next level of projects that we'll be delivering.
0: What What is that next level? And I'm, and I'm curious because you talk about working with different products. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, working with metal at the beach.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Steel.
0: Yeah. I mean, not not a logical choice. And then, you know, having a 20 year lifespan.
1: Yeah.
0: How do you think in, in, in segments of, of 20 years and decades at at a time instead of centuries at a time, you know, and generational, how, how do you approach that? And how does that, how does that affect the work?
1: Um, that's, that's a tough question, I guess. I kind of, approach it in the way that I think about myself. I think when you design, there's always a little piece of you in it as much as you're designing for someone else. And um, I heard Carl Lagerfeld say years ago that he was ageless. You know, we never knew what age he was. You know, it's kind of this mystery. And I really resonated with that because I think um, when I was younger, I was so excited and ambitious and, and all of these things that I felt like, Um, I just always felt younger on the inside than I was, and so when I think, so I like this concept of being ageless, and so when I design, um, you know, you might say something's timeless, or it endures, or it lasts, but I think a great, an ideal compliment on our work would just be that it's kind of of no age, and that it has beauty, and it has elegance, and and that age is irrelevant and that the materials um, are natural and can age. Now, in the world of interiors, depending on the use type, sadly, they, they, they can age themselves out, you know, um, just in durability alone. But um, I have kind of this romantic idea of, of no age.
0: Do you have any favorite projects?
1: Um, my favorite project's always my next project.
0: It's so funny because I, I I hear that so so much. Yeah. I I can't get past that because (laughs) it's kind of like you put so much time, Mm -hmm. effort and energy into each project. Yeah. And I've heard some other theories and sometimes the favorite project is associated with the owner, the client and the client and that I get, because even yeah. if it's not your particular style, you're designing, right. you're, you can design any style. Right. You know, I mean, style is simply... a <laughs> mati- Well, can you?
1: Uh, I think that, um, I think, I think some can, some can't, you know, and I think there's, there's merit in both. Uh, I think that we are pretty flexible in our design style. I think that I've come from the the vein in education that every style can be great and to really search what does make it great. Um, I don't really like the word modern, but, you know, I think... I think that there's probably realistically some common denominators, but I certainly like to think of ourselves as super flexible and we can design anything, of course. What designer isn't going to say that? Well,
0: you know, it, it's interesting to me too. Um, modern's taken a hit mm-hmm. in the last yeah, couple right. of years. And it's a, it's a victim of its own success. It is. And it's interesting to me that when something gets, gets as popular as modern and all its different mm-hmm. variations have mm-hmm. the kickback... I guess it makes sense because you can, you can, I like to try to pick up on patterns and trends because through patterns and trends, well, you started off with this, Mm -hmm. the, the, with Picasso. Oh, right. Right. To be able to look back and understand the past. Right. So I feel that, I feel that I feel Mm -hmm. the same way. It's like, if you look at patterns and trends, you Mm -hmm. could see that every time something gets, you know, in my frame of reference is, is here in Los Angeles Mm -hmm. and you look at You know back in the 70s with the brady bunch houses and everyone was putting rocks on the on the roof right the white rocks on the roof and then and then after that you get into the 80s with the you know with your aqua and hot pink and and then into your uh your mediterranean Mm -hmm. mediterranean southern california i know i you're making the face i make the i make the face too with the the peach or and the corbels the big fat corbels but as popular as it was, they just went up one after another after another, right. right? And now, if you if you tour the beach communities, I am sure San Diego is no different, where you got that Mod Cape Cod, that right. that's going up one after the other, and because of that, um, it's just like overkill, right? So people kick back at the at the whole idea of of modern.
1: Okay, so this is an interesting concept because there's two parts. There's one I'm going to go back to, which every style can be good. So there is that beautiful Cape Cod house on the beach that even today you may be like, gosh, I don't want to see another Cape Cod house. But those guys, they really got it right. You know, same with even I mean, Mediterranean's a little bit hard, I think, in Southern California because I don't know. I feel like it's trying to copy Europe, and it, it got real lost. And but, uh, but still, it can be done well. So I think oftentimes, when trends begin, it's because someone did a style well, and then you get the whole rest of the world trying to, to do it too. You know, to. To, to recreate that, or to do their own version of it, or make their own mark on it. And then you get all the translations, and then you get all the copycats, and then you start seeing all the bad and ugly sides of that style, and you're like, oh gosh, that corbel again, darn it, you know? And then you, next, what's the next? You get into the next mode. So I think that's the cycle, but Again, every style, if it's done well, it's done well. If it's not done well, it's not done well.
0: And everything good can be bastardized. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's funny, too, because I I, I often speak about one of my favorite places. Okay. Which is Marfa, Texas.
1: Oh, you and my boyfriend would get along very well. Is that right? Yeah. I haven't been, sadly. Love Marfa. Okay.
0: One of the things that I love most about it is Mm -hmm. I'm a fan of, of, of Donald Judd's work.
1: Okay,
0: and I remember because I spent years mm-hmm. living living in Texas, and I had never been there before a trip two years ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'd seen pictures of mm-hmm. of Prada Barfa. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like it's kitschy. It's kind of it's, kinda, kitschy, it's yeah. kind of an interesting idea. Uh-huh. Public art,
1: romantic idea, yeah.
0: But I've also always been a fan of old movies, mm-hmm. and so the exteriors for Giant. Yeah, and the El Paradiso and, and the, the city hall mm-hmm. and the water. I've always loved water towers. I don't know why. I, I just, oh, I love water towers. Yeah, and if you drive, cool. and if you drive across the U.S., mm-hmm. you will see them in all shapes and sizes. That's true. It's pretty cool. Very cool. But the exteriors for Marfa, mm-hmm. it's just very interesting. And I always wanted to go. So a couple of years ago on a road trip, okay. it's out of the way. It's like going to the Grand Canyon. You got to go out of your way to get there. Mm-hmm. And what I liked about it was There are so many different styles of architecture in this one small city because Donald Judd moves in in the 70s and says, I'm going (laughs) to do this, and I'm going to do that. There's one. I took a picture of it. Maybe I'll put it up on on, um, Instagram. It's this old Spanish with a hard contemporary modern, hard-angled concrete and metal smashed up against it. Okay. And you look at this and you think those two things have absolutely no business being Mm -hmm. together. This, this, this Adobe was built in probably, you know, late 1700s, early 1800s, probably. Mm -hmm. And that hard concrete was probably poured in 1975. Okay. But mashed them together. And then you keep walking. And it's there's a, there's a beautiful Art Deco, which mm-hmm. was one of the architectural offices. Yeah. And, then, and then there's there was there was original brickwork mm-hmm. where over the course of the years, all of the brick had been blown away or dusted out or just completely disintegrated.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: the concrete mortar was still in place.
1: Interesting. So you had
0: this and it was on an entire wall.
1: So it becomes kind of like a honeycomb effect or a yeah. perforated effect. Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. This
0: inverted mm-hmm. brick structure yeah. that's a wall going around the exteriors. And every every corner you turn, there's something different like that. Yeah. Surprise and delight around every corner.
1: Sounds very stimulating.
0: Incredibly stimulating. Yeah. And it's funny because I, I do this road trip every two years with okay. my kids. One kid drives one way, the other kid drives the other. And um, I went with my son, and we were there in... Uh, we were there on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. So nobody was out. Okay. And it was a cold Christmas morning, sunny, so but walkable. And so we were w- just walking around and just walking around every corner. And it was it was just, it was serene. Maybe part of it was because there was nobody else there.
1: Yeah, that seems good. <laughs> which was really cool. <laughs> yeah.
0: But also because you can tell this is the product of creative individuals
1: mm-hmm.
0: who had their own space. Right. Who were not who are not subject to any outside opinions on how their work did or didn't belong.
1: Right, truly uninhibited.
0: Uninhibited and unaffected. Which is great. Right?
1: That's ideal.
0: I, I would love to live that
1: way. Yeah, it's, um, it's the luxury of being an artist, right? You know, versus is, design. It's in the good lu- conversation.
0: Well, no. I, I, I disagree. I think it's it's it is the luxury of being a creative of any type. Okay. But I think it's the luxury of being a successful a highly successful creative yeah. who who can right. who can afford to go in and basically buy up an entire city
1: absolutely
0: and do what you want
1: yeah no it's 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 amazing um, it's interesting you say this because there's also a place in um, Mexico north of Mexico City called Las Posas and um, Tim Walker who is one of my absolute favorite um, photographers uh, out of London took um, did a photo shoot there for W with uh, Tilda Swinton who I'm also a big fan of And it's these, um, and I love his work because it's very artistic, but there's always this fantasy quality, and I love fantasy qualities i guess um another time (laughs) another talk but um but it's it was um it was a designer who was from london and then i think he lived here actually briefly but he went to mexico and basically built this kind of concrete sculpture garden with twisted stairs it's almost escher esque with a little bit of the lorax in a mexican jungle and it makes no sense Whatsoever, but um, it's it's very fantastical. It's very interesting, very stimulating, um, and yeah, there's definitely a little part that is envious of this idea of you know going to some random location, not a popular location, but just letting your ideas go and and creating almost a, an, an ultra universe or you know something that doesn't have to totally make sense or has unique juxtapositions, but works in its own way. It's exciting.
0: See, I, I absolutely love that. I, I, and it's funny, Las Posas, I, I want to go there now. <laughs> by, the same, by the same token. And I want to go to Marfa. <laughs> right? Well, someplace else. You say that you can't do it in, uh-huh. a, in a highly populated area, but I think you really Really?
1: I think well, you can. I think, yeah, you're right. Maybe I did say that, but well, I don't know. No, no, no. I think no. you could.
0: So what I was going to say is, I think you can but it's it's just so difficult right that it doesn't get often it it doesn't get done often mm-hmm. and it's really exciting it got me so while you're talking i'm starting yeah. to think it's like wow i would love to see it. and i I've, I've been to a place like mm-hmm. that so um i've been there twice to barcelona i love barcelona oh
1: uh, yes
0: so you have antonio gaudi you have the city you oh have la gosh. sagrada familia yeah, you he's you've got the master and you walk around and you just see these buildings sort mm-hmm. of t- melted tile in oh
1: my gosh you know what just i mean completely fantastical
0: it is and I and I love that yeah and I wish that I wish that there were more places
1: oh my gosh yes I I couldn't agree more I mean Gaudi was such an early inspiration for me maybe I didn't realize it till now but maybe because of that same fantasy thing going on but what I found so interesting when I first saw his work is that often at the top of the buildings there's like this sense of happiness and joy and then they kind of melt into this like dark skeletor kind of thing, like the um, Sagrada, Sagrada Família, you know. And it's the ir- irony is this cathedral. But you know, I remember going there. I'm like, this is really scary, you know. It, it, and so it's interesting this kind of light and dark side and just a juxtaposition. I think that he played entangled in nature. Um, yeah, definitely nature and fantasy coming together are something that just I I always gravitate to. I think the reason this is hard in highly populated areas is, is simply the cost of land. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, and the willingness. You know, you have you'll get an individual structure. You'll mm-hmm. you'll get the you'll get the Guggenheim. You'll get you'll get the Walt Disney concert yeah. hall yeah right you'll get a bill you'll get a, a, a structure
1: which is great yeah it's amazing yeah right
0: but it's hard to get it's a, a
1: big it's a big deal project yeah
0: and, and that's why going back to a city like mm-hmm. memphis yeah i feel like there's an opportunity
1: oh memphis is on the radar
0: well it's interesting because you have a project there
1: well and nashville
0: Uh, sorry nashville 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 but sorry so it got me but it got me thinking about memphis because nashville and memphis are very similar in in the manner in which they're like you have nashville memphis austin right portland um right now as far as cities go and i was thinking of memphis because i used to work with um client of mine really popular dj Mm -hmm. who worked at the radio station there in in you know in Elvis's time, seven, okay. it's probably seventies, oh. late 60s seventies, seventies, and he used to have to drive by Graceland on the way home to his geodesic dome, <laughs> right on the right on the river. Oh, right I want it, uh. a
1: geodesic dome. Well,
0: <laughs> and it got me thinking. You know, this is one of those environments where, mm-hmm. if, if a if a if a municipality could be tolerant of something like that, yeah, they're kind of a little more open architecturally and. Uh, you think so? Adventurous.
1: That's a good question. I think there is a sense of adventure because, you know, mu- there's the musicians, there's the music, I think, that is theatrical unto itself. It's it's entertaining, you know, and, and maybe that's why you get some of that here even. It's so, an interesting way to look at it.
0: And it was just sort of leading me into, if there is, what's a dream project for you? What's the pinnacle?
1: A dream project for me, um, I think there's... Can I have three short dream projects? You can have
0: as many as you want. <laughs> <are.
1: laughs> I think a dream project would be would be to design like an Amman resort, you know, something just luxurious and understated and in na- nature and a sense of maybe escapism and this kind of thing. That would be a dream project. Um, another one would be to develop... Um, I'm starting to work on some uh, infill development in San Diego um, that uh, with a co-living concept. So one of my big dreams has to bring design to people at a reasonable cost, and the cost of living is, is so high, um, so pursuing that. And then um, lastly is just fantasy high-end luxury home design mm-hmm. from start to finish which I'm also trying to work on getting that going. So if I could do the Amman Resort, it could be a trifecta.
0: <laughs> That's really exciting. Yeah. I hope, I hope you get all three.
1: I hope so too. I'm thinking, I'm thinking I'm coming around the corner with two. So I just could get that one more <laughs> out there. Um, I don't know. I, I love, I love, you know, in our world today and, how connected to technology we are. You know, I love the idea of um, doing hospitality in, you know, potentially remote locations or somewhere where people can really um, set down their phones and really just, I don't even need to meditate. I know meditating's super cool right now, but just to, just to, to be a normal person again in, you know, nature without having to camp or glamp or any of that, you know, eat nice food chill
0: last question for you i'm just kind of curious in your design philosophy Mm -hmm. do you actively pursue ways to do that to bring together and to shut out technology
1: great question um i am hoping to do that more than i am currently it's definitely on the front of my thinking right now am i can i tell you where i've successfully implemented that i mean frankly i think fit plunge there is a lot of technology component there because i just you i think you have to do it especially in the fitness world right now but you certainly could unplug and have a stimulating experience (laughs) fantasy. (laughs) And who doesn't want that? (laughs) Who doesn't want that?
0: (laughs) This was so great. Thank you for the time. Thank
1: you. You're awesome, Josh. I really appreciate you having me.
0: That is a wrap on this episode of Convo by Design featuring designer Jules Wilson. Thank you for the time, Jules. Uh, You came up from San Diego just for this, and I truly appreciate it. Thank you for listening, downloading, subscribing, emailing, and coming out to our events. Without you, there is no Convo by Design. Please follow the podcast on Instagram, Convo by Design with an X, and make sure to subscribe everywhere or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. Um, That way you will receive new podcast episodes uh, on your mobile device the moment they're published. And also, uh, make sure you you ask Alexa or Siri or your smartphone, say, hey, Alexa, play Convo by Design. And she will. It's crazy. Until next week, keep creating. Convo by Design is proud to be working with Vendôme Furniture. Their design culture is the key to their success. It's what pushes them to consistently create new collections that give spaces a new dimension. They create dialogue between environment and form. Vendôme pieces can transform the simplest space into one filled with glamour that is both unique and extraordinary. And isn't that what design is all about? Creating atmospheres where you can take hold of life and enjoy it to the fullest. Vendôme products are simple and elegant contemporary and exceptionally comfortable. Their crafted modern durable molded resin, glass, and metal designs are unique. They beg to be enjoyed. Have you seen them featured in our videos? Check out our YouTube channel and see this for yourself. You can also find them in their showrooms at the D&D building in New York, Wynwood in Miami, and the Pacific Design Center here in Los Angeles, or online at (sighs) Vondam.com.